This is Happily Holistic, where we dive deeply into everything health and wellness with a big dash of spirituality and a sprinkle of business. We spotlight the uplifting and the positive and share the secret ways top wellness authors and celebrities get inspired, stay healthy, and enjoy this beautiful life. I'm your host, Amy Lee Mercury, best-selling author of 15 books and holistic health expert for the last 19 years. I can't wait to get happily holistic with you today. Hello, hello, and welcome to Happily Holistic. I am so excited to have Bia Simkin here. Am I pronouncing your name right? Yes, it's Bia, Bia? like Juliet. Bia, awesome. I'm so excited to have Bia Simkin here. She is um, such an interesting woman, and this is our first time meeting, which is such a fun thing about hosting this podcast. So thank so you fun. so much for being here, Biet. Thanks for having me, Amy. So cool to be together. Yes, it is. Biet is the author of Don't Just Sit There, and she's a world-renowned meditation leader dubbed the Lady Gaga of meditation. Very <laughs> avant-garde. As a musician, Biet weaves the world of pop culture and spirituality, teaching practical applications of ancient wisdom. The teachings are featured in Biet's best-selling book, Don't Just Sit There, published by Simon & Schuster. She's been featured in Vogue, Forbes, Ellen, Time Magazine, and as the resident meditation guru at the Sundance Film Festival, One Hotel's MoMA, and Soul Cycle. Sounds so much, like such a fun bio. I love My it. My life is fun. Yeah. <laughs> life is fun. You can find Biet at Biet Simkin. B-I-E-T-S-I-M-K-I-N.com. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here today. I'm really excited you're here. So Biet and I were talking before we started to record and came to the conclusion that we're just going to allow life to channel through us, which is, I think, the way we both live our lives, right? Very much so. Yeah. yeah. So who knows what we'll talk about, but let's start with hearing about this Lady Gaga meditation. Tell, tell me about your, your work with meditation, music, and beyond. Mm, yeah, so I have this background in, in fashion and, and music. I was signed to Sony at the age of 18 and did sex, drugs, rock and roll through my yeah. 20s, which was... Um, it was good. I mean, it really helped me because I had a very, very traumatic childhood. My whole family died while I was growing up. And then I think wow. that I was being led to being who I am today, which is a spiritual yeah. teacher. But I was very, very rebellious. And I didn't want to do what I was being told I needed to do. I didn't even really fully hear who I was. Yeah. I remember when I was like 30, hearing someone say, oh, you know, you're kind of like Yoda. And I was like, what? Like yeah. I didn't see who I was, you know, yeah. and all the men I dated, everyone was like with me in some regard because I was like Yoda and I yeah. myself had no idea. Like I was like, oh, they yeah. just, they think I'm hot or whatever, but they were like, yeah. she's like a hot Yoda. So yes. 
all that led to when I got sober 12 years ago, I started doing these meditation experiences in art galleries and eventually in museums. Mm -hmm. I've done them at the MoMA. I've done them in planetariums. And it's just these mass meditation experiences, which I then score with my own music. Beautiful. And meditation, when I guide it, is very like, um, very rebellious, very out there, not so much sitting in silence for 30 minutes. It's much right. more animated than that. And leaving people with a feeling of being high, really, really high, because as the former heroin addict myself, I just, I wanted a spiritual life that was as delicious and as relieving and as presence inducing as what I got from LSD mushrooms yes. and heroin. Yes. Do you think that um, you're in some way mimicking some of the brain chemicals, but in a healthier manner? You know, I would love to actually imagine that it has nothing to do with the brain. Um, mm. I feel like when I think about, I mean, of course, serotonin is important. And yeah. yes, it is induced in the breath work that I guide. Yeah. But I actually feel like what makes my work so incredibly impactful is that it takes people completely out of their yeah. heads. Yeah. And you can think about it. Think about it this way. If you take a bunch of cosmopolitan, you know, uh, type A good-looking young people, which is pretty much my crowd, and you take them all and you put them in this fabulous hotel or incredible yeah. like space, like Madison Square Garden, something super like chic and cosmopolitan, yeah. and you put them in that space and then you say, okay, everyone, now close your eyes and just <laughs> don't think. Yeah. Everyone's just going to sit there thinking about themselves. They're going to think, oh my yeah. God, I'm so fat. Oh my God, what if that guy doesn't text me back later? Yeah. Oh my God. What if blah, 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 like they're thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking. Yes. So what I do is I actually guide meditations that force people into shocking experiences Ooh. that they cannot continue thinking. So then they're like, oh my God, I meditated. It's like I force yes. people into meditation covertly. I love that. I love that. To transcendental states. Yes, to trans. And then really it's beautiful. Half the audience is usually weeping by the end of the mm. experience. And yeah. sometimes I went, I did, I was the meditation leader at Bonnaroo a few years ago, the, the festival. Yeah. And there was like this whole giant tent with hundreds of like hungover young kids, some of whom I were bet. like lying in a pile of their own vomit. Some of them were uh -huh. like eating burritos. And by the end of it, like I basically read them the right act. I was like, if you're not in here to like have a spiritual experience, get the fuck out of my tent. And yeah they left and who was left was about a hundred people who were like in these ecstatic meditation states right like arms in the air and at the end I had these like young 21 year old boys covered in war paint all hung over like crying in each other's arms oh. and my husband was like how how did you what do that happened? he's like I was yeah. certain you were gonna bomb he was like I've never seen you bomb but I was like as right. we arrived in the Bonnaroo tent I was like this is going to be a first for me yet. And then instead it was like this overhaul and wow. transformation of all these young kids states, like weeping in each other's arms. Beautiful. Not what they, they thought they were going to go to the festival to <laughs> experience, you know? No. But really probably what they were destined to or their souls had called them to experience. Apparently those people, yes. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. I love that. Um, as we all know, 2020 has been a very interesting dynamic year on this planet. 
and I'd love to hear your um, your take on it, your your feeling on where we're all being called through this process. You know, it's different for everyone, but it, yeah. it is a real shock. And so it's going to be, it's going to do what shocks do for people at the level of being that they're at, right? So yeah. if you're Jesus Christ and you're being hung up on a cross, that is a very different experience yeah. from being like a wino on the sidewalk of St. Mark's place and dealing with right. COVID, right? So I think some of us are in that Jesus state where we're literally being crucified in a way. Mm. And some of us are more in this like rudimentary phase of like, oh, discovering like, wow, I'm an alcoholic or like, wow, I have like major financial issues. Because a lot of people are struck right now by the the shock that they don't have resources and they didn't plan for a global pandemic. Yes. So... What I will say as someone who's endured massive poverty, grew up in poverty, endured mm. heroin addiction, I, I lost my first baby to sudden infant death syndrome when mm. I was 26. My mm-hmm. house burnt down. I've just wow. had all these things happen wow. in my life. Wow. Yeah. They really gave it to me good, you know, in Sounds this like particular. It. Sounds like it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, um, what I will say is for anyone listening who's going through that kind of uh, transformation where it's really, really painful, I just mm-hmm. want you to know that there's no accidents, no amount of pain, no amount of bottom is wrong. And it, it's not like, no, the universe or God or whatever you want to call it doesn't make mistakes. And what mm-hmm. we want to remember is that the excruciating experience of being human is just excruciating enough for us, even though it's really hard to believe, because even like at this phase of my life where I, I make tons of money and I get flown all over the world when flying is allowed and I yes. speak at conferences to thousands of people and my life is pretty incredible and I have yeah. a beautiful, healthy child. With all that, I still endure quite excruciating states of uh, agony yeah. on this planet. Yeah. And so when those come, I'm always like, this can't be the right dose. Like, can't you just, like, you've got to have the Don't wrong you moderate or something. This for I'm, like, I'm like, haven't we gone through that already? Like back in the day, like, can't we just turn it down a yeah. notch? And then I just always remember... Yeah. And then I just always remember, it's like, no one promised me that, you know, that equation, no one said, and I I think that we, maybe you can relate reading Buddhist texts growing up, Mm -hmm. reading uh, scriptures about Sufism and all these things. I think I had a hope that one day I would escape the karmic destiny of suffering because that was what I was reading about. And I was like, Ooh, like, can't wait. Okay. I guess I'm going to meditate the shit out of my life because I just want to escape the karmic wheel of suffering. And what I have found out as an, you know, as an awakened teacher and someone who actually brings this work to the world is, wow, like, who knew suffering and fear and discomfort came with me for the journey. And I really have been like, like, am I going to shake this at any point or and like, no, I guess, you know, (laughs) (laughs) when you disincarnate, I think is perhaps the time when that happens to some degree, right? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because one of the perspectives I I think of it through, um, I do a lot now, you know, my work as a medical intuitive has evolved over 20 years, but I do a lot now with um, the Taoist, you know, Taoist ideas and some of the, the different Taoist principles and 
So some of the things that would, you know, be what we would think about in acupuncture. And um, yeah. And this concept in Taoism and through acupuncture is that we have constitutional level latency and it's there in this deep foundational place in our being. And so when latency comes up and out, we have a lot of different experiences. Some of this latency is karmic. Some of it is ancestral. Some of it is vi viral load from childhood that didn't fully clear. So when latency comes out, we have these couple different opportunities to either let the latency come out as unimpeded as possible, which can be, um, you know, if it's a small enough dose can be endurable. If it's a larger dose can cause health issues. And if it's a really large dose can cause also external things to happen in our world. Or we wow. can let this latency come into what we call damp accumulation or dampness and have a way station that hangs out in the body to clear slowly over time. When we take the route of dampness, we have certain health ailments that are, you know, associated with it and stuff like that. But one of the things that I've come to notice, you know, over a long time as a medical intuitive is we're never really done clearing latency. And is it worth like going gung-ho and trying to clear it, clear it, clear it your whole life? It just depends on your personal taste. Some people suppress things with a mighty will to stay as they are. Some people are you know, more interested in letting things flow and evolve and releasing these latencies and going through these experiences. What's good, bad, right, wrong? I don't know, but I think it's honestly a matter of you know, free will, personal choice, and what we've maybe come here to do, do we ever finish? No, we, we don't. When we're incarnated, mm -hmm. the essence of duality appears mm -hmm. to be one that contains latency. So mm -hmm. it's, an, it's the same perspective on saying what you said in a different way. So here, you know, here we are, and now we're like, all right, well, so that's life. Now yeah. what? Right? Now what? Well, what do you want to do with it? Yeah. Right? And then, I mean, for me, it's all been rise to that level above consciousness, right? So yeah. I live my life in this, in this blissful place that is above duality, right? Yeah. Can I, do I get drowned back into duality? Yeah. Yes. Do yes. I awaken every single day inside of duality? Yes, surprisingly, yes. I do. I even I remember working with this life coach long ago. We were very short, like I only worked with her for like a month or so. Yeah. But I remember working with her and saying to her, "I wake up pretty dark every morning. Mm. Every morning, that's just where I. I think I'm very. I'm taken very far away at night, and yeah. returning is always kind of shocking to me. I'm always like, wait, what? Where yeah, are we again? again? Like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> wait, I don't remember signing up for this. Like, it's every yeah. single night." feels okay. like that and maybe Persephone connection you know there's something very yeah. dark there in yeah. my karma and my I'm call I've been often said Kali you know as yeah the tragedies have, of my life you have those vibes yeah you do for sure yeah. and so she, and she was like no we can transform this like you can wake up happy and I really did try it and I actually remember thinking she wasn't like a great match for me as a life coach because in the end like I think for me, the people who I really can work with, and there's obviously very few, are mm. people who can both hold space for the, the wholeness yeah. of me 
which is very much 50% dark. And it isn't, I'm not a fucking cupcake. I'm not some like nice, sweet, perfect, kind, happy person. I really Mm -hmm. am all of those things. I'm also like happy and sweet and kind and um, those things too. But I think that, and my teachings are about that. And I think a lot of people relate because I don't cookie cut. I don't, what's that word when you lie to people? yeah yeah but just like I don't sugarcoat stuff I curse I'm hardcore I'm pretty rough around the edges and I think people feel safe with me because they're not like oh I think she's coming down the holy high mountain to bring me this information they can tell that I actually went through the swamp and I'm like check this out like what you can do with swamp water look what I do and I pull out swamp water basically my work is like the equivalent of taking swamp water that's like filled with like poop and like dirt and urine and then transforming it into like a literal diamond and people are like how did she do that and it's called alchemy like I am an alchemist yeah yeah that's alchemy right there transforming sucks where it starts though doesn't it like you have to (laughs) be willing to to fit like to play yeah. like bloody you know yeah. mortal mortal yeah. ephemeral stuff and you have to be willing to get dirty to, to do it right and embracing that essence of being human you know and merging that with your higher consciousness is not an easy feat you know if you think about like just the definition of alchemy turning base metal to gold it's a it's an you know a miraculous transformation from taking that which is the base and elevating it into something that would be considered more valuable and with spiritual you know spiritual essence it's it's not for the faint of heart no. It's really not. That's what I say with uh, shamanism. You know, I, I teach sh- shamanism and I'll say in the beginning, and I, I'm a lovey-dovey unicorn, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm that kind of a person, but I will say in the beginning, in the, in the class, you know, you're going to get to meet your guides. And this isn't a parlor trick for the faint of heart. If you choose, this is a journey that will allow you to take a conscious role in your evolution and open your being to everything beyond what you see with your physical eyes and to experience things, you know, in a really multidimensional manner. And that's really what we're talking about is being multidimensional. Mm-hmm. while incarnated in a physical body I mean that's a trip right it is a trip yeah 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 so if you if you could tell our listeners something that either has transformed that swamp water to the diamond for you or for a lot of people you've seen, like something that could really help them if they are suffering or even if they're not and they want to elevate, what, what would you share? Um, God, there's so many things. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to 
I'll try to just dial it down. But I do cover in my book, there's like, there's 44 laws. And the idea is like, we're underneath these laws. So laws mm -hmm. are either above us or below us. So if you're mm -hmm. above a law, you are living in a state of equanimity, even though the law exists, the law doesn't cease to exist just because mm -hmm. you are no longer under it. And I have found that studying these laws and being a master of this work for so many years is that the laws never end. It's not like, okay, I'm done with the law of imagination. I don't need to worry right. about that one anymore. Or I'm done with the law of lying. I'm just done. They, they come back around right when we fall asleep to one another one. Mm -hmm. So it's always this endless, delicious work of seeing it. So I will say that all of that is in there, but I would say one of the greatest things I've been really enjoying lately is shadow and really being open about who I actually am and what it looks yeah. like to be me. Um, mm -hmm. I think that people get this idea, they see me and I am this transformed person. I went from poverty to wealth. I went from mm -hmm. heroin addiction to sobriety. I went from the loss of a child to being a mother. I yeah. went from, you know, uh, loss with romance and men to being in a long, yeah. delicious relationship with the man of my dreams, all these things. And I think people see me and they're like, she's done. Like she's, she did it. And, mm -hmm. and I am in some ways, like in the same way that Eckhart Tolle sometimes is like, okay, so then you have the career of your dreams and then you show up in this mansion and you're sitting there and you're like, okay, now what? Right. Yeah. So I, I luckily did the spiritual side first, right? But anyway, the, the point is, is that I'm in this position and people expect me to be perfect. And I think the shadow work that I've done over the last, I think it's about three years now, has really helped me to be really vulnerable and to say, okay, well, I still suffer with some food and body dysmorphia stuff. Yeah. I still suffer with deep bouts of sadness that can feel mm. deeply oppressive to me on a physical level. Mm -hmm. And those things I feel are so helpful to my students because every, yeah. I think it relieves them to know that actually the ride continues even at these much more refined levels, you know, Always. it doesn't have to be destitute. You don't have Always. to be like down and out, you know, and mm -hmm. So that really helps. So, and then this is my effort. Like when I do events and workshops, I'll often have people share like their most gross, disgusting sides, because mm. I feel like until we can share that on a public level, even if for me, it's public, I have a lot yeah. of fans, right? But for some people, yeah. even just share with 12 people or five people or even one person, you feel yeah. such a, a weight off your shoulders. Yes. To be able to say, look, this is what it actually feels like. Mm -hmm. And people love you more. You think they're going to love you less. They're going to turn away from you. But if you can just share those parts of yes. yourself that you're so busy trying to hide. Yes. I find that that's like my number one favorite. I love that. Trip right now. I love that. And I love that because in sharing, not only are you, you know, acknowledging, owning, accepting those shadow parts you're, uh, you know, opening yourself to the experience that may or may not occur of having them truly witnessed. And I think if that's an experience that you need, you draw it to yourself. And to be witnessed in your authenticity is a massive gift, right? 
It's a huge yeah. gift. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lie. It's like a lie because we think it's going to be the worst thing that can happen. And it seemingly like kind of doesn't go away. But I found that every boundary in my life in terms of celebrity, in terms of fame, in terms of money, in terms mm. of calmness inside of very high stakes situations yeah. has come from me sharing this stuff. Because the yeah. more of myself that I'm willing to share the less the stakes feel around like, will I get the Grammy? Will I not get the Grammy? And it's like, it used right. to mean so much to me. Like, will right. I get it? Because if I don't get it, I'm obviously a worthless piece of crap. Right. And it's like, to be able to just say like, I don't even, not, not that I don't care, that I'm not excited either way. I'm just not mm. excited. I'm, I'm delighted by the per being able to behold what the gods have yeah. in store for me. I'm delighted but I'm also not attached to how it's going to look because I have seen that my beloved, this energy that I, you know, work with has the best intentions for me. Has Whatever it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. So for our final question, if you could send a message back through time, one thing to your 17 year old self, what would you tell her? <laughs> God, 17. 17. You know, I don't know if I want her to know, you know, on some level, right. what she didn't know. She was so hurt. Her heart had mm -hmm. been broken by my, the first true love. Mm -hmm. And she went into years of loneliness and mm -hmm. deep, deep depression from that. Yeah. And then that turned into a drinking career. And mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to take that from her. Right. Um, I don't think that I would be the woman that I am today if I hadn't burned, burned, burned. Yes. I really was such a mess yeah. and it was such a beautiful mess. And I wouldn't trade. I, you know, it's funny. I was speaking to a client the other day and she was talking about, she's someone who used to be a drunk mm. and spent some of her years actually parenting as a drunk, which as you can imagine is quite painful to be a yeah. parent and be an alcoholic, a drug yeah. addict. But she was saying to me that her kids, some of them still resent her for what she had, had done as a, you know, At the time, as a yeah. drunk, as a drug addict. And I said, you got to let that shit go. Cause like, yeah. listen, they'd signed up for a drunk ass drug mm -hmm. addict mom for that part of the journey. And yeah. that's the best that that's the best ride is to be able to, I mean, how many people get that right? A lot of people have drunk parents, a lot, yes. a lot yeah. of people have drug addict parents. But not a lot of them get to see their parent transform into this completely new person. And exactly. what a gift. Exactly. Like what a cool, and it's just like own it, like own the whole thing. Instead of being mm. like, oh, heroin addict Biet is somehow less superior to like awakened, wealthy, yes. famous Biet. Like, fuck that. Like yes. the truth is, is that fucked up, lonely, broken hearted Biet yeah. wrote songs in her room and recorded records and laid underneath grand pianos and had sex Creativity. with strangers. And yeah. I mean, she just did so yeah. much incredible shit and she felt so much joy and so much yes. pain. And um, I just wouldn't want to, I don't want to be her anymore. I, I don't think I could be right. her even if I wanted to, but, um, but I love her. And I think that is what I would say to 17 year old me That's is beautiful. like, just go be fucking fucked. Cause you're so, 
good at it. You're like, you're yeah. probably like, you're like a professional. <laughs> you should make a movie about how terrible you are at life because you're that bad at it. But what a crucible to, to transform within. What a crucible, right? Yeah. That's I don't want to, before we close, I kind of want to, I want to dip into some of your genius. So just Aww, before we go. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah, Turn I, the tables. What do you want to know? <laughs> no, I just want to feel your, like, I just want to feel some of your work. Would you share that with, with everyone today? I like know. something that you would, if I came to you and said, yeah, um, I'm in pain in this way. Like, yeah. Can you speak to my, to my people? Yeah. I, you know, it's such a, it's such an honor that I get to talk to people's spirit guides for a living. And, you know, I've been doing it for 20 years and it shows me just the absolute range of human experience, which is kind of what we've been talking about. You know, the, the deep, the deep wells and the high peaks and everything in between and if you, you came to me, you are just like such the classic and amazing and unique um, water element woman in Taoism. You are just mm. like, you've been in the black, you've been in the white, you've been here, there, everywhere. The, the script of the metal element, which comes before water in the creative cycle, doesn't compel you know, compel you that much. And you, you know, like, I get the sense you like to live without rules. I happen to be similar, although we've had different life paths. So I understand it. Um, yeah. And I love that, you know, I love that. And, and wherever everybody is, to come to that, that acceptance, that place that you're talking about of, of loving that past self that was in so much pain, for example, you know, and whatever that is, if we can be present to where we are, understand that we won't ever have a complete picture probably while we're incarnated, but that we're here in this, you know, land of flesh and blood, but we're also existing in, infinite dimensions and so if we all we need to do is like change our glasses to line up with all of these different dimensions and that's how I talk to spirit guides and I you know I I've told you I teach shamanism and everything and that's one way to do it but we, shamanism is a process of going into alternate reality to bring back healing and information that's the you know just you you know I think that's the crux of how I define it but you really don't have to go anywhere to do that because everything can come to you. And all, all, all I think in my work, although, you know, it shows up in all these different ways, especially with medical intuitive things is if we can come into greater and greater levels of consciousness, then we're just able to kind of like flip the viewfinder to look into whatever other dimensions we we'd like. And in doing so, if we choose, we can integrate the essence of that dimension in which we already exist into this reality. And that's how we kind of like select our realities. So that's kind of part of what I do, but I do that through this experience of talking to people's spirit guides and helping 
us to, you know, learn these deeper truths about ourselves or why we have physical ailments or whatever people come in for. The ultimate goal for me is to give people the tools or open the doors so people can choose and utilize their free will. It's my hope that they'll choose to potentially raise their vibration because they'll have A, a more pleasant experience in incarnation, and B, then, you know, that helps raise the collective vibration. Does that matter from the from my perspective? I think it matters to the people who are experiencing it. Beyond that, to me, the the universes are endless. They're kind of what I think of from almost a gnostic perspective as the great diversity. And then we have this layer between, sometimes called the Sophia, that's you know electrical and mystical and whatnot that I personally like and then on the other side we have the great beyond and that exists outside of everything and so all of existence to me is the great diversity and then we have this great beyond and and as we run messages back and forth between the two we get to have unique experiences and that Sophia layer is a place where we can go it would be you know the heights of experience and transcendent states and things like that and we we pull these little effervescent bubbles from the great beyond into the great diversity Mm. and really to me it's just a a, an ever expanding and yet singular kind of paradoxical wave of energy like just endless waves so that's my that's my little take on things. <laughs> I love that. And I mean, one, one thing I'm taking away from what you're saying is, is really helpful. And I think it comes back to the question about COVID and 2020, yeah. which is, I think a lot of people are trying to really come up with like a lot of meaning for this on yeah. a global scale. Like now yeah. the, the, the yeah. rainbow people will take over. Right. And it's all going <laughs> to be like utopia yeah. from here on now. Yeah. And like, not that I'm not down for utopia or whatever, but I That'd just, from cool. what I've seen thus far, it doesn't look like that's coming ever, yeah. let alone in my lifetime. Yeah. And it's not a bad thing. I think what we can do, and I think what you and I do for the world, is that we help people to transcend and alchemize the experience within something that isn't actually going to change on a mass level. Now, can we get this guy out of office and can we move Kamala Harris in? Yeah. Let's pray. Yes. But yeah. that's like a that's like a third dimensional thing, and you and I even aren't that. even yeah even that. I mean, like worst case, if we don't, like maybe we'll all be talking from a prison cell somewhere, or like God knows what else. But like the truth is, is that you can find enlightenment anywhere, and not yes, even can. an evil man in, in in the Oval Office, which is what we have now, can stop enlightenment from happening. No, no, no one can yeah. stop you, because there is no yes there is literally no rules and no laws no in the rules. world of enlightenment no, if you can get there you're just you get out you're free yeah. for for as long as you are and then i have found um that it's a wheel right like that like yeah. that state of aha white light i'm connected yeah. to source i'm everything i'm everyone if some people have ever done mushrooms ayahuasca whatever you mm-hmm. probably felt it if you've ever worked with me you've definitely felt it but after that it's a task 
it's not like that's it enlightenment is just this straight line and forever yeah. you're just sitting there like going oh my god I'm enlightened <laughs> like it comes into a task I mean like your life purpose is in there yeah. your partner is in there yeah. it's this basket of tasks so now I gotta go email 20 people it's I like, know you've got to be uh, who knew that enlightenment had emailing in it you know like tell me knew? about it <laughs> <laughs> And there's always, you know, I think when we're in du the dualistic construct, there will always be another level to which we can evolve. When we exit what I call the great diversity, which is all of existence, and, you know, if we're in the great beyond, then it simply is. But in the diversity, everything exists, and there will always be more to, to which we can evolve. That's how I see it. If we feel like it, doesn't really matter. Do it or don't. Doesn't matter. Yeah. If you feel like it, it might be an interesting ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you and I are big like we don't we don't I don't feel like you and I are at a place where the choice is ours. Like there is a point where they say time starts being counted. And I think it's the moment when you're awakened. And when you're awakened, mm -hmm time becomes real uh, up until then it really mm. isn't real it doesn't matter if you stay asleep till the age of 90 and then awaken at 90 time didn't exist because time only exists inside of present moment and mm -hmm. you can't be in the present moment unless you're awake profound mm -hmm. talk about yoda <laughs> but sexy yoda okay sexy Let's yoda yo. <laughs> sexy yoda with cute bangs and a cute little pink shirt and on stage at Bonnaroo, That's making right. it happen. <laughs> well, I love you. Thank you so much I for having you. me today. What a joy. Yes, thank you so much for being here. And thank you all for listening to our fun episode of Happily Holistic. And we will talk to you and hear from you in the comments. And we can't wait to connect with you. Biet, tell everybody where to find you on Instagram. I'm at Guided by Biet, and it's Guided by B-I-E-T, Biet. Go get Guided by Biet. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Happily Holistic with me, Amy Lee Mercree. You can find out more about the show on amyleemercree.com on the podcast page. Please stop by your favorite social platform and leave me a comment. I'd love to hear how you liked today's show and what topics you'd like me to cover in the future. Come find me on Instagram and Facebook at Amy Lee Mercury. Until next time, stay happily holistic.